Alexander Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, lather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the building, materials, projectile changing and logistics community, the Worcester Ford, a guild, professional anarchist, local chapter 151. Wiley, how are you, sir? Uh, still trying to uh, come to terms with the true nature of reality. That we're all in a simulation? Uh, most likely, yeah. There you go. Yeah, so, how about you, man? Uh, How's your reality working out? <laughs> uh, it's going. It's it's definitely uh, it's definitely going. So. It's on a linear path. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. But that's what that's, that's that's the name you want to use for it. We'll use that. <laughs> that's the point A, point B. Yeah. Except we never know where point B is. Point type B's. of thing. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. I don't know, man. Feeling a little uh, a, a, a little less uh in in tune and or, uh, have a looser grasp on reality this week i think why you know? is that well i saw something uh this this week that kind of threw me i think i saw a uap really yeah so what happened um well it's uh the other night i'm uh, out in my backyard like i always am looking up at the sky like i always do you know i'm always uh uh, watching aircraft it's a thing i do it's you know i'm, I'm, I'm and where a, you live you get a lot that go by oh yeah yeah ton of air, air you know, at, at any given moment i can look up from my backyard and identify you know four or five aircraft in the sky at any given time so i'm outside and i'm looking at this and it's about you know nine ten o'clock at night and i see uh this uh uh southbound uh passenger airline jet um probably a 737 by the looks at it and you know i see the navigation lights on it and and i also see a northbound uh jet but this one i can only see it's uh it's landing light and they're both probably five to seven thousand feet altitude you know and uh going the the, the speed you would expect for you know either uh, approach or you know uh, uh ascent one or the other but I notice they're exceptionally close together, right? And I'm thinking, oh, man, ATC really screwed up because they were at about the same altitude, right? And, uh, you know, they were probably, I'm going to say maybe half a click apart, you know, 500 meters, mm-hmm. like real close together. And I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> somebody screwed up. I mean, that's a that's a near miss. That's probably one that you've got to write up as an incident report. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm watching it, thinking about that. And all of a sudden, the aircraft that I thought was an aircraft coming towards me um, with the with its uh, landing light on, and I didn't see any navigation beacon, disappears, like gone. And I thought initially, okay, well, it just turned off its landing light. I'm going to see the navigation beacons, you know. And uh, no, there's nothing there. It was just gone, completely gone out of the sky. And it was a perfectly clear night had clear field of view and i didn't take my eyes away from it so it wasn't a situation where it like banked or something like yeah, that yeah, you know you look for a second it, then it's gone yeah it was i was i was watching it as it disappeared and it was just gone so again it, a lot of rational reasonable explanations for it 
but it was very strange. And the first thing that was strange is they were so close together because they shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's no way in hell that most likely, you know, the one was on uh, final approach to PIE, uh, St. Pete Clearwater Airport. Yeah. Um, and there's just absolutely no reason for two aircraft to be at the same altitude and at that close a, a distance, you know, parallel to one another. And uh, yeah, so it was something weird, something I can't explain. But again, it, it it could rationally have been just, you know, they turned off their landing lights. I just, for whatever reason, couldn't see the navigation beacon. And I didn't take my eyes off that spot because I was expecting it to continue moving toward me. Mm-hmm. And I just kept watching for navigation beacons. There was not a cloud in the sky. I could see Starfield behind it. And it was just gone. Yeah. So. Yeah, I give that story three out of ten. Yeah. I, again, it, it was one of those things that. When I relay the story, it sounds ah yeah that sounds very commonplace, but it was it was very strange. I mean, it, and again, it could just very well be something from my perspective and something I didn't see. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, a lot of lot of rational explanations for it, but just to me, it seemed very strange. You know, hmm. I, unidentified from my perspective. So you know, once again, as I enjoy doing frequently, I'm questioning reality. Mm. yeah i got you so, maybe a glitchy watch into the system i i, I think it was yeah and then uh, i saw the same black cat walk by twice you know <laughs> very very odd very odd <laughs> how about you man uh, you have any uh things that make you uh question either your sanity or your vision or your reality this week uh, not, not i mean nothing that deep but like so it I was wasn't up, that deep it I was, was <laughs> just <clears throat> Just a cool little thing. Yeah, I got you. Well, yeah. I, so I was at my mom. I was over at my mom's last night. Yeah. It was me, my mom, Kelly, uh, Ray, John, and my mom was relaying a story about how I guess there was a fire truck down at the end of the street that she lives on. Okay, but it was like you got to cross a smaller street and then or another street, which is a small street, right? And then it's at the end of the other street. And she, you know, was was wondering what was going on down there. I'm like, why didn't you walk down there? And she's like, well, I don't want to cross the street. Okay. And like this isn't like a major street. This is like a a side street to a side street, if you know my Right, mom I know lives. where your mom lives. Yeah. All right, so, so at it, the end of that street, like to get into the development, it's that street right there. Oh yeah. That's like a it's a two lane with very little traffic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The very easy street to cross. And so my mom's it's like It's not even like the, the main street that you have to turn make two turns off of to get to her house. Yeah. You know, it's not like a main road. And like, even that's not that busy a street. No, yeah. no. So my mom's like, well, I, I, I'm not going to cross the street. I'm like, what do you mean you're not going to cross the street? And she starts <laughs> explaining about, like, the fear of, like, you know, well, I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know. I don't know what's across the street, mom. Right. Like, she almost made it like if you're going to walk across that street, all of a sudden, like, there's a roving band of marauders that are going to fucking <laughs> like, take you out. So was she thinking it's the wrong side of the tracks or something? Yeah, right. Like, it was like that. Yeah, like, all of a right. sudden, it's the hood. And the uh, I so, mean, she's in the hood on her side anyway, so it doesn't really matter. It's not really hood. No, you know? it's not it's, hood. It's, it's kind of hood. It's middle class neighborhood, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it was just so funny when she says that she's like, well, no, I, I wouldn't cross the street. Now, I did finally get some clarification that made me feel a little bit better. Right. Is that it was at night, not during the day, and she wouldn't do it at night. Right. So during the day, she'd be okay with it. Well, your mom's, what, in her 70s? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, people lose confidence in their abilities to deal with situations when they get to that age. So well, know, Yeah, but my mom happens. didn't have those abilities at 40s, though. <laughs> well, I was thinking, uh, you know, it, like, I don't go and see what's going on in situations like that just because... 
I don't like to be that person that's standing around watching and not doing anything. Yeah. No, you I know, get so you. So if, if my position is if I can't do anything to help, I don't need to be there. You know, and I certainly don't need to be, you know, watching some traumatic thing my neighbors are going through, just standing there, ooh, look at what's going on. You know, yeah. I, I just that sort of thing annoys me. Yeah. I got you. I so, get you. So if, from that person, maybe that's why she didn't. You know? Maybe a little bit of that. Yeah. There might be a little so, bit of that there. No one wants to be a looky loo. Uh, the other thing, the same night happened. So we like whenever we're all together sitting there, we all got like a little um, uh, speaker. Okay. Like a, like a Bose speaker. Yeah, yeah, like a Bose speaker. We play music out of the Bose speaker. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I mean, of all the uses for a Bluetooth speaker. Hey, God speaker, forbid you interrupt when I'm in the right. middle of telling a fucking story right now. I told you I was going to do this. I know. I told you the mood I'm in. I know. I know. <laughs> so but, I, I warned you this was going to happen. Yeah, you happen. did. You did. So we're, we're sitting here listening, and everybody bits to pick a song, right? And so right. we're all picking songs. So it's song roulette. Yep. Song roulette. But I, I like, there, there's some rules to freaking song roulette. One is all these guys. Everybody, all of them. Right. They won't tell me the song until the other song is done. Okay. So they won't let you let me get ready. But then they won't tell me right away so another song starts playing. So there's a big pause between songs. Oh, no, no. So whatever was next queued up, yeah. We'll just play, right? And then I'm like, and they're like, oh, well, that's a good song. We'll play that one too. Okay, well, then that's your pick, man. Right. Yeah. And so I was, so last night, you know, somebody, Ray played a song and then John was next. And John's song was, and John wanted to pick a song, but he doesn't tell me the song right away, but then another song plays, and a song he likes. It's like Hank Williams. Right. And I'm like, well, he's like, well, I like that song too, and I, I would have picked that one, but I'm like, well, you want well, this to be your- Well, then you did. Yeah. I'm like, you want this to be your pick? No, no, no. He's like, no, 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 no. No, I still want my pick. <laughs> and he was so adamant about the pick that right. it was just so funny. And then at, the, at, the, at some point, I was like, well, now you're going to tell me a story for every freaking song you play. I want a story, and then you can play the song. A story about the song, like just give me a story, make up one. I don't even care at this point. <laughs> just make something up. But yeah. stop making it like this big reveal. Like, right? It's not the. It's not a big fucking reveal, man. Like, tell me the name of the song so I can get it queued up, ready right. to go. We're, we're doing jukebox here, and you know. Yeah, and they're all your, doing your it. They're all doing it though. They're all doing it. Like it's just so. It's funny and annoying all at the same time. And uh, does anyone actually have decent taste in music? I mean, I would think so, but then again, I'm probably the wrong person to gauge on it. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we played some George Thorogood last night, which was kind of cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we had you, you got to be in the right mood some, for George Thorogood. We were and in a good mood. Usually, that. that mood is drunk. <laughs> no, we were high. So no, that's you know, good. Yeah, it was yeah. there. So, you know, we weren't thinking about banning any books though, so that was good. Oh, and that was the segue. That was a good. That was a horrible segue. Yeah, absolutely. I got to get to the story. Segue. I'm right. so glad you put right. this at the top. All right. So, the Florida. God, this is such a convoluted freaking story, though. All right. So, the Florida GOP chair is accused of sexual battery. Right. So, the head of the Republican Party of Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So the the Sarasota Police Department is investigating sexual battery. Da, 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 da. Hang on a second. Before we before we get into the actual story here. Let's talk about the Florida GOP chair, some of his policy positions, and also it's very important to uh, talk about his wife, Bridget, and his his name is Christian Ziegler, and his wife is uh, Bridget Ziegler, and uh, they are uh, what's referred to as a a power couple here in Florida. So he is on the, uh, I believe he's on the uh, Sarasota County Commission, and he's also the chair of the GOP. She's a Sarasota County school board member. 
and she's also on the uh, DeSantis-appointed supported uh, board to oversee Disney ever since the, you know, the whole thing with Disney and DeSantis. Yeah. Uh, and she's also the co-founder of Moms for Liberty, yeah. which is the organization that is uh, responsible for the majority of the book bans in schools and libraries nationwide. Uh, yeah. They want everything having to do, anything that they deem inappropriate, anything having to do with LGBT, out of all school libraries and some libraries in general. So, you know, their their family values type, they're, uh, they, you know, uh, marriages between one man and one woman. They're anti-LGBT. They're book banners. Uh, they're anti-gay, anti-Disney. Oh, and she was actually instrumental in the uh, Don't Say Gay Bill. Yep. Um, so all these things. So that's who we're talking about. Okay. So now <laughs> it comes out that Christian Ziegler is uh, being accused of raping a woman, but not just any woman, not just someone he, uh, you know, happened to, to run across. Uh, this is a woman who has been in a consensual sexual three-way relationship with him and his wife for years. Yes. Okay. So, so, and apparently he went to, uh, you know, they'd been having consensual sex, the three of them together for a very long time, but apparently he went to her house and raped her at one point, or at least she's accusing him of that. Uh, that's what the allegation is. But, I mean, just the, the hypocrisy in this, that, you know, you're the family values, marriage is sacred, one man, one woman, anti-LGBT. Well, guess what? You're, like, breaking all the rules right there. And you have to figure, if you're in a three-way sexual relationship, chances are that Bridget, the wife who is banning all the LGBT books, is at least bisexual. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What is it with these people? You know. Well, first off, look, I, look. Let me just, for the record, say that yeah. Bridget Ziegler is hot. Yeah, she's kind of hot. Like she's a good looking. She's a good looking woman. Now, I haven't seen a picture of the other woman that's being that's accusing. They haven't named her or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, so, so I haven't seen that yet. But I'm kind of curious to see what she's what she's going to look I'm like. I'm betting she's now, attractive as well. The thing about it that, that, and again, we don't know what's going on here. To be honest with you, we don't know what the situation is. But if it just seems weird that if you were involved in a three-way relationship and then all of a sudden you're going to go with a raper, like it seems a little weird. Well, it could be a situation where <laughs> the relationship is more between her and Bridget, you know, and he's just kind of there along for the ride and he was going over to, you know, or it could be that he would, they were, they, they were cutting it off and she's like, mom, I'm going to scream rape now. Yeah, maybe who knows. But the, the, the bottom line is, it's it's always so funny how the uh, like look I well I was going to say I have no desire to be in a three-way relationship but if my wife wanted to bring home another woman I probably wouldn't say no to that uh, <laughs> but having I don't know if I'd want the strings attached with that though you know that that always goes bad but by the same token I would never try to stop anyone else from doing that you know yeah I, I, I don't I don't want to be gay. I don't want to be trans, but I would never, ever in a million years try to stop anyone from doing that. Live your life, man. Do your thing. Find your own pursuit of happiness. But it's always the people who are the most aggressively trying to control um, the the uh, you know the, the the acts of others 
And so often they're engaged in those very same acts. It happens all the time. What is the psychology there? I mean, you would think that for a, 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 a normal person, you would say like, oh, well, I like to do those things. Yeah, yeah you, you should be able to do those things too. But it's, it's I, I don't understand the, the idea where somebody says, I like to do these things, but I want to prevent other people from doing them. You know? Yeah, I don't, like, I don't get this one. If this is your big thing, right. how are you... Like, if this is your thing, if this is what you want to do, I don't understand why you think that you have a right to ban other people from doing it. Yeah. Like, it's just, it right. doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it's Maybe just, why, it's, get, why get involved in what other people are doing in their bedrooms and what other people, like, why, why are you so, like, what, what do you get such a hard on for this for, <laughs> pardon the pun, when this is how you're acting? Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's power. You know, who knows? It, it, it's it's really hard to rationalize, but it, it, it's like maybe they're they get that aggressively. Like, you know, the, the one who protests the loudest is usually the one doing it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So maybe it's it's the fact that um, they're trying to to make this public appearance of being anti all this stuff in order to, uh you know, shield themselves from being exposed to doing it themselves. But <laughs> we, we learned that eh, a lot of times that doesn't work out the way you think it's going to work out. Yeah, I just I don't. This one's just weird because like these people were so prominent about it. And also because of the positions that you're holding right now, like you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position with this other woman right. anyway. Yeah. Like so something like this could very easily come out. But it was just one of these things where you you. <sighs> Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing I don't understand. Like, now, the rape, shut the fuck up about the, not you. The, the rape thing aside, okay? Because if this guy did go over to her house and, and well, rape yeah, that's this, a different thing. Yeah, that's a totally different thing. But I'm talking about the actual consensual three way relationship. You know, it, it just seems to me it makes more sense that if you're if you're in politics and your position is, yeah, we should allow people to do whatever they want, and we we should you know we should protect those freedoms, you know. Then if it comes out that you and your wife are actually in a three-way relationship and your wife is most likely bisexual, you can say, yeah, well, I've always supported people's right to do these things. I, I don't have a problem with it. And it would just go away. But when you do something like this, when you take those positions and then you're caught engaging in the stuff you're trying to ban, you know, then it's it's a much bigger deal. So I don't understand from from that perspective, why you wouldn't just be, you know, why wouldn't why wouldn't you have policy positions that supported that idea, or at least didn't go overboard in trying to ban it? I mean, they founded Moms for Liberty, which is the book banning. They they are the ones who go well, yeah, around like, to all the, the school yeah, don't boards. Don't let the name fool you. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. What kind of liberty are they talking about? No, they oh they're not at all. They're but yeah, it's it's just it's funny that the psychology of people who attempt to acquire power always seems to be like this and they always seem to have the mindset that the rules don't apply to them you know mm-hmm. that, that that seems to be almost well, hold universal on. if i was the, if i was to give them a, if i was to if i was to lay out a uh, a defense which there isn't one but let's just for the argument say we're going to lay out a defense is that 
teaching these kids this stuff in schools is what we're opposed to, not that you're able to do it or not. But that's not what they're been they're talking about. No. So no. like again, I'm 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 throwing something out there at the same time realizing that it wouldn't in my mind it wouldn't stick anyway. Yeah, if that was the case, they wouldn't be coming all down on Disney because they support gay rights. That's right. No, no, no. That's because those thing. are grown adults. I mean, the kids is one thing, and honestly, parts of the don't say gay bill, the one they call don't say gay are fairly reasonable you know let's let's not bring up you know any type of sex to elementary school kids okay yeah i'm, uh, I'm okay with that let's well, wait till it, middle school but what they did with that one though was they took it then and went then all they the way went to high further school. yeah and they and then it was like yeah exactly Again, with what politicians do all the time once you implement a bill they get their foot in the door man. then they'll then they'll make the adjustments as they want to make the adjustments of what they really wanted anyway right even though they argued against that when they were actually putting the bill forward but uh, just folks know that chances are Whatever the you know these politicians are, are fighting the hardest for is what they're they're doing in their own personal lives. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A lot of times, man. <laughs> Anti drug warriors, they're probably shooting up heroin at home. You know, anti gay, uh, you know that that dude's probably gay. <laughs> I mean, that, look, yeah. don't what, me whatever it is, look, there know? are some people that are involved in politics that I would put in the true believer category. Guys like Scott Plakin. Like, I don't think Plakin's doing that kind of stuff. No, Plakin, probably not. No. Like, he's a square but dude. But no, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I guarantee you there's some type of skeleton in his closet. Well, I'm sure there's something. Yeah. But at the same time, like, some of these guys are just like. Like, just let people live their lives, man. Like, right. just let people, like, just get the hell out of people's what lives. What the hell do you care? And it's funny because uh, this couple's kids, the, the Zieglers or Zieglers, uh, go to private school. Okay. So why do they care what books are in the public school library? Yeah. You know, you don't even send your kids to public school. What, what do you care? Yeah. Stop why ban- is it your and business? Stop, and stop banning books. Get out of everyone. Yeah. Stop banning right. books. Every- don't ban it. Don't make it mandatory. Right. It's, it's, it's fucking simple. Yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, fucking Republicans. All right. I mean, I hate Democrats too, but at least Democrats are not nearly as hypocritical. Not about this. One, not about not. social issues, for sure. No, no, yeah. not about this one. They're not. So it's they're they're hypocrites in different ways. But uh, well, they're getting more. Hypocr- hold on. Speaking of hypocrites in different ways. Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. All right. So there is a. All right. Let me just let me read this part. The Supreme Court on Wednesday will hear arguments in a case that hinges on whether, as a legal matter, Congress can blend blend powers the framers of the Constitution carefully kept separated. In Securities and Exchange Commission versus Jareski. Um, the justices will determine the constitutionality of the agency system of in-house administrative law judges, ALJs, bureaucrats who often act as judge and jury in an agent's enforcement in the agency's enforcement actions. Since many federal agencies, including the FTC, the EPA, the Postal Service, utilize these ALJs, the case outcomes will reverberate across the administrative state. So what's going on right now is that when all these agents, these alphabet agencies, levy fines at people, that if you want to contest it or if you want to if you want to if you want it to be judged they have their own in-house judges that right. act as judge jury and well I mean executioner basically right which if you think about it completely violates the 7th amendment because what it right. doesn't allow for is it doesn't allow for a jury trial right and so what the supreme court is doing isn't saying that these agencies can't give out fines it's saying that if you want to challenge it, though, it's got to go to a independent judge, and a, and if you opt for a jury, you can opt for a jury. Right. Yeah. Like that's all it seems this is totally doing. rational. You're right. This is all this is doing. Right. Now, I will say this is a very important case. So now let me let me let me um, 
let me read this part too. ALJs often substitute for federal district courts to adjudicate agency enforcement actions, creating myriad due process violations. The SEC chooses its preferred forum to pursue cases largely at its own convenience. Administrative trials guarantee the accuser, or the accused, fewer safeguards, including scant discovery opportunities and unfriendly evidentiary rules. Agency enforcement officials work closely with commissioners who review ALJ decisions. Effectively, the prosecutors act as counsel to the very people who will be adjudicating their case. As the Cato Institute writes in Amicus Brief, moreover, Cato's brief um, relates, the close relationship between SEC enforcement staff and the in-house adjudicators has led to the breaches of confidential information affecting dozens of cases, largely Jarsky's. Now, did Jarsky do something wrong here? More than likely he did. Right. There is some fraud that he probably committed. and Or violated some type of uh, SEC regulations. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Now, what Jarsky's only asking for, though, is a jury trial. Right, which he has the right to. Which he, which he should have the right to. In all matters over $20. Yeah. Yeah. And so the thing about it is this whole case itself really is arguing over whether you get a jury trial or not. Right. Which, again, me and you will sit here, and I think if you actually ask most people and laid out the case like that with them, they would probably go, yeah, you should probably get a jury trial. Right, yeah. At least... You should have that option. The people that don't have, like, something, uh, like, some stake involved in the administrative state. Right. But is this a huge blow to the administrative state? Yeah. As it should be. That's what it is. I don't even think it's that huge a blow. It just makes it a little harder for them to... Uh, no, they win all the cases the other oh, yeah, way, where they won't win them all this yeah, time. Yeah, it, it, it makes it harder for them to arbitrarily find people and then find them guilty. Yeah, you and know. there's going to be less cases that they're going to put forward because they're going to have to know that they got to actually win these cases. Exactly. Yeah. So, I so reasons re, reason and again reason Libertarian Magazine they they definitely have a libertarian bent to their right. to their publication. And it says here, do you still have the right to a jury trial is the name of the of, is the title of the article. Let me read some of the other article titles. Yeah, headlines. The headlines. So we got the Hill first. Supreme Court's conservative voice voice concern about SEC's in-house enforcement. You know what? That's fair. Right. That's a fair. That's a fair one. Right. But the Hill's always a fair one. Now, Supreme Court conservatives seem likely to axe SEC enforcement powers from NPR. That's not true. That is just a very misleading one. Yeah, yeah. And which you would expect from NPR. They are full-on statist. Now, the Atlantic, the case that could destroy the government. Oh, God. Are you fucking kidding me? If only that were true. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. It will set a precedent that will... um, Destroy the government? No, not even remotely. I I wish it would. Um, But it, it will... Um, reduce the powers of the administrative state. Yes. Yeah. Which rightly so is a good thing. Yeah. Because look, these things are, and again, the Atlantic and some of these left-leaning things aren't talking about how your, your civil liberties are being trampled on because you don't have the right to a fucking jury trial. Right. Why are you not worried about that with this? Well, no, they literally think you're a fascist. If you want to restore people's right to a jury trial. And that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, that's her mindset. If you challenge a state, you're a fascist, which makes absolutely no sense. None at all. Right. And hold on here. Listen to this, by the way. So for the Atlantic, the subcategory or the subtitle, 
What was once a fringe legal theory now stands a real chance of being adopted by the Supreme Court. Okay. The fringe legal theory is that the administrative agencies have the power to hold judicial sessions, extra, actually extrajudicial sessions, to adjudicate you know, uh, guilt or innocence or adjudicate fines over $20. They don't have that constitutional authority. They never have. So it's, it's, it's ironic, it's literally ironic, that they are saying the exact opposite of the truth in this case. You know? Yeah. Like, here's the thing. So let's say that there was, uh, um, uh, uh, you, were, you get pulled over by the police and, well, that stuff just goes to a judge too. But I guess you could ask for a jury trial on that stuff if you wanted to. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. Yeah, anything over twenty dollars. I mean, good luck doing it. They'll just dismiss it if you do. Yeah. So it's it's actually a good idea <laughs> to ask for a jury trial in those cases. Sometimes you'll get a judge that'll be like, "All right, we'll give you a jury trial," but in most cases, they'll just, just if it's a traffic ticket, they're just going to dismiss the charge. Yeah. You know, in a civil case, like so many of these civil cases, they'll just dismiss anyway because they know that you know <laughs> it's a waste of time. Yeah. It's look the the whole everything about traffic court. For the most part, it's let's make a deal. It's let's make it's let's make a deal, and it's also they kind of realize that you know, hey, we're just you know throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah, we're just trying to collect yeah. revenue, and we know the vast majority of people are just going to pay it because it's the easiest path. But that's but that's what that's what these agencies are we're betting on exactly. They're trying wrong. to do some the of same these thing. ones are really big fines and stuff like that. But but here's the thing: this would be the equivalent of you getting pulled over, okay, by the police, okay. And then if you wanted to challenge it, you had to go down to the police station and argue your case between, uh, you know, three cops and they would decide, <laughs> you know, what yeah. I'm like which way are they going to, how are you think they're going on? Yeah. How are they going to yeah. rule? Do you think you got fair representation? In no, that? You, and you don't. Right. And the thing is this, like they looked at the stats. And one of the cops is representing you. <laughs> yeah, and they looked and they looked at the stats on this. Right. And these in-house jury, in-house judges, they're always siding with. Of course. Because they work for them. Right. They're not independent. independent. Right. And so I just, when I saw this article and I saw like the case that could destroy the government and I started reading it and I'm just like, oh, you guys, I know you <laughs> guys are Atlantic. such jerks, right? Like I, it's again in NPR. You're again. Let me read the NPR one again. Supreme Court conservatives seem likely to axe SEC enforcement powers. Okay, well that's, now that's technically true. Yeah. there is some truth to that, but you are totally missing the context required. Right. Right. Yeah. You're just you're, you're and you're purposely put leaving it out. Well, I tell you what, if minorities and women were actually uh, being affected by the SEC, <laughs> they would be all over this. They would be taking the ap- uh, exact opposite position. But they would say that these because agencies it's rich white were, men. Yeah, but they would say that these agencies are systemically racist. Yes, exactly. But uh, you know, because it's the SEC, uh, most people going down and uh, <laughs> getting fined from them are well, no, white males. In a weird okay, in a weird way. All these left groups, and maybe some of the right ones too, but it, this really is primarily more of a left thing. The ones that defend the administrative state like that they're able to do this right. and think it's a good thing that they're able to just impose fines because those people are already assuming that those agencies were always right and that all the other people that they're finding are guilty no matter right. what. Yeah. Like they're assuming guilt before you were proven innocent. You're not assumed innocent until proven guilty. Right. Like they're doing they're looking at it the exact opposite way, which is weird considering what happens in the law enforcement side. Right. Exactly. 
Yeah. Like, I don't know why that there's this disconnect between one or the it other. It should be exactly the same. You know, because some alphabet agency is the one that said it, all of a sudden it makes it all right? Right. Yeah. You don't think there's any people that get caught under, like, what was going on with these agencies? Yeah. Yeah. So And, I, and I, that's the thing. It's it's funny because conservatives, and again, you know, we, we talked about the left's approach on this, but conservatives in a lot of cases are totally against that. But when they see a black man getting shot by the cops... They're like, well, he probably deserved it. Yeah. You see what I'm yeah. saying? No, no, so no. It, that's it, true. It's not, about, it's not about logical consistency between any of them. Because if it were, you know, NPR would be as opposed to, um, you know, uh, uh, these alphabet agencies having their own, you know, separate secret trials, which you really have no real representation and things like that. And, and the, the outcome is predetermined. And the conservatives, if they had logical consistency, they would be saying that, yes, that black guy that got pulled over has, you know, is innocent until proven guilty and he has all the rights to due process. You know what I'm saying? But they don't say that. The only people saying that are libertarians. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The only so, one. And okay. that's why we get marginalized. Well, I shouldn't say we anymore because I'm not really a libertarian, but that's why libertarians get marginalized by both sides. Yeah. Yeah. You know? All right. So Justice Elena Kagan added that in recent decades... Uh, that in recent decades there have been no challenges to these administrative enforcement functions because these powers have been considered settled. That prompted McClotchkey to say it's settled only to the extent no one's brought it up, to which Kagan replied nobody has the has had the uh, chutzpah, or chutzpah. chutzpah <laughs> right. to quote my people to bring it up. Hold on. Your argument is nobody bitched about it before, so it's okay? Well, no, that's the Supreme Court. I mean, the Supreme Court can't rule on anything until someone brings a case well, before no, 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 So but, no one's brought a case before Yeah, but what I'm saying is, though, it's settled because nobody complained? <sighs> like, that's her I, argument there. I, yeah, I, I, I understand partially what she's saying. Is because this has been going on for a really long time, and no one's challenged it for a really long time. It kind of is like, well, nobody said anything. You see what I'm saying? I wouldn't call it settled, but I kind of understand the point she's making. Gotcha. That, you know, normally when something like this is that is this controversial uh, happens, it's challenged pretty quickly. You know, like how many times where you see it where Congress passes law or a state oh, passes and they get law challenged right away. And it's like yeah, yeah. the next day there's a lawsuit, you know, but so this has been going on for decades and no one has actually directly challenged it now. The way that we could really destroy the government <laughs> is, which would be a great thing, is if the Supreme Court actually ruled that the uh, uh, Congress does not have the admin the authority to delegate these powers, any of these powers, to all these administrative agencies, which would be wonderful. That would be the ideal outcome, and that actually would essentially <laughs> destroy most of the federal government, but. Uh, that's not going to happen. And so I think that's probably the the Atlantic and NPR were kind of taking it to like the the most ridiculous extreme that could possibly happen, which isn't going to. But I do hope that the I wish it would. But I do hope the Supreme Court does strike this down. And, you know, the Bill of Rights, man, <laughs> actually go with the Bill of Rights, saying that all civil matters in excess of twenty dollars, you have the right to a jury trial period end of story yeah you know so i just thought i just thought it was very interesting i i thought it was very important one to read also that you know it's very not being talked about very little but also just to see what the other media outlets 
were putting up there right as far as um like what their take was well as and you, it was just so like it's so um like it was so sickening as you said it, the these media assholes don't care about civil liberties and Neither does Orange Jesus. No, Orange Jesus doesn't either. <laughs> this fucking guy, man. Oh God, he just when he goes off on the rails, man. It's just it, it gets it gets worse and worse. Yeah. So Trump hints at expanded role for the military within the U.S. At, within the U.S. A legacy law gives him few guardrails. Which I, I didn't get this part either. But campaigning in Iowa this year, Donald Trump said he 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 was prevented during his presidency from using military to quell violence in primary and primarily Democratic cities and states. Now let me read. Let me kind of say it a different way, though. Can't Donald Trump couldn't force the feds to come in and take care of something going on in a state because that state didn't want him to be there. Right. That's really what it was. Well, and also there's, you know, posse comitatus, uh, which prohibits the United States military to be used uh, for law enforcement purposes. Yeah. You know, which is pretty much dead at this point. But, yeah, it's it's at that point, it's really a state's right issue because the, the governor needs to if they need actually military there, they have to call up the National Guard. Which, for all intents and purposes, is the same thing as you know bringing in the military. So it's not really though. Uh, how different is it? But the state national guard is not the is not the yeah army. they are yeah they absolutely are they're under full control of the U.S. Army. So oh yeah so again there's this like caveat with the national guard is that the governor can actually call them out for tasks within the state, but the the overall authority rides with the Department of Defense and the Pentagon for National Guard units. Okay, that's okay, why at any given time, but any still National requested Guard requested by the by the the governor or right. by whatever to yeah. have those people come in. But at this point, it's almost a formality. Now, hold on. So, calling New York City and Chicago crime dens, the front runner for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination, told his audience, "The next time, I'm not waiting. One of the things I did was to let them run it, and we're going." And we're going to show how bad a job they do, he said. Well, we did that. We don't have to wait any longer. What? Yeah, he just, he's out of his Why do you mind. not understand what the... <laughs> Look, this is the problem with this don't, fucking guy. Don't try to rationalize it. Don't try to rationalize it. He, he just says whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever pops into his, uh, his uh, demented brain, you know. Just like Biden, man, <laughs> they're they're two birds of a feather. <laughs> they really are, you know. I just I don't get I don't. Except Biden's a little more demented, and Trump is a little more of a megalomaniac. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's really the only difference between them. I mean, but <laughs> you know, and here's the thing: like when you have you know a lot of places, a lot of people will point towards you know that Trump's a fascist, right? Yeah, and when no you point there. to things like this, yeah, that kind of proves the point, though, right. doesn't it? Yeah. You're just going to force the military into places because you fucking don't like the riots that are going on in there? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily. Fascist is such an overused word, and it's drifted so far from its original. Well, yeah, no, but this know. is things that they can point to that right. will say that, well, he's acting yeah, in a fascistic it, manner. But it's it's become a blanket term. But basically, yeah, he's a complete totalitarian and, and thinks that he has all the power and he can do literally anything he wants at yeah. any given time. You know. Yeah, well, he's the president. Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like uh, Nixon said, uh, if the president does it, it's legal. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> Back in the Watergate days. Yeah. 
Actually, I think G. Gordon Liddy said that. I don't think Nixon actually said that, but uh, you know, I think that was G. Gordon Liddy's position. That oh, wasn't. Uh, speaking of the Supreme Court, though, uh, going back a little bit, see that Sandra Day O'Connor died. Um, I did see that. Yep, yep. So, what did you think about her? I eh, don't care. <laughs> oh, actually, you know, I didn't get quite as excited over her as I did Ruth Bader Ginsburg, though. Her dying? Yeah. No. Oh. I was, uh, you know, just kind of like, eh. I think that the funny that. part about Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying was is that, like, she held out. Right. Yeah, she stayed so in that, there. So that Clinton could nominate a other woman. Like, your feminism is actually part of the reason that the Supreme Court is more conservative. Right. Like, <laughs> like your, your, uh, your arrogance in right. the matter. Like, you could have resigned when, you could have retired when Obama was in office and there wouldn't have been a problem. Right. But you didn't do that, though. Yeah. Like, you, you waited because you wanted a woman to do it. Right. Well, you know what? You deserve what you get. <laughs> oh, actually, man. somebody else died this week, too. We didn't put this in the show notes either, though. Who? Henry Kissinger died this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, here's the thing about, <laughs> if you look back at so many bad decisions that were made foreign policy-wise. He's at the boy, root of a lot of them. He's at the root of a lot of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, starting with Vietnam. Vietnam, Cambodia, like, yeah. overthrow of governments left right. and right. Yeah. Um, relations with China. Right. You know, turning China into a superpower is kind of on them a little bit. Yeah. Look, well, and here's the thing. Hindsight is 2020. I, I wouldn't on some of this. Stuff, I wouldn't but. blame his, uh, him uh, for that as much. But he absolutely was a warmonger. And, and he, you know, and he thought the solution to everything was throwing the military at it. And, and, like, and this and there's love for him. That's totally bipartisan. Yeah. Like there's people on the left and people on the right. But both love this guy to death. Right. You know, and so it's nice to see that that guy is dead right you know hell's getting another person yeah um lived to be a hundred though yeah he did right well sometimes evil will keep you alive life for a long time right man yeah <laughs> i don't know what's going on with that when you don't have a conscience and you can kill people indiscriminately and, <laughs> and sleep well at night warm criminal i guess yeah. you, can, you yeah. know you can sleep well at night <laughs> god bless them <laughs> all right so again kind of flipping flipping subjects here a little bit though afp americans for prosperity has just endorsed Nikki Haley for president. Now, if you're not familiar who AFP is, AFP is was formed by the Koch brothers. Now, there's only one of them left, but um, he, they, they, the thing about it is, the Kochs did not like Trump. Trump did not like the Kochs. Right, it wasn't wasn't a thing. They, and some of our listeners might not know that the Koch brothers are a uh, some of the richest. Well, now one of them's dead, but uh, Charles Koch, the remaining Koch brother. And it's uh, C-O-C-H, or K-O-C-H, um, is uh, one of the richest men in the world. And he's always funded uh, conservative causes and things I mean, like he, that. He ran for a libertarian nomination for president. He was never libertarian, yeah. I mean, but how, how many times did we try to get you know in touch with them and they were like, no, oh, no, we, and then they were, we yeah. want nothing to do with you. No, 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 it happened all the time. Yeah. So, like, I got no, in a weird way, I got no love for the guy, but at the same time, I, the thing is this, and this is the thing that kills me about this endorsement. Out of all of the Republicans in the GOP for primary for president, right? Nikki Haley is the biggest neocon, right? Like by far, the Koch brothers are, or the Kochs are supposed to be non-interventionists. Like they are, in some ways, we're supposed to be anti-war, right? 
And to see them endorsing Nikki Haley what? is just like, what the fuck are you doing? Look, man, it's a it's a mud puddle <laughs> in a desert, though. If you're a Republican, who do you pick? If you have to pick one out of the field, who do you pick? I understand your point. Like, if you're if you got to pick one that's not Trump that you want to beat Trump, then probably Nikki Haley. It, 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 they're thinking is probably is, the closest is, is probably the most likely one to beat Trump. Well, and the mud puddle in the desert thing is kind of funny because I think that what what they looked at was in one debate in one sentence she talked about how both sides were responsible for all the spending. Right. Like that's a stretch. Yeah. Like just because you made you you made an off. You know, like you made a one liner in a debate and all of a sudden like, well, we're going to endorse you then there's like just stay out of it, though. Look, there's not a single decent human being running for president right now. No, except for Vermin Supreme. Is he running? I'm I'm sure Vermin's going to run. Okay, if he's running, then there's one decent human being. (laughs) And that's it. I I love Vermin. These these I love Vermin Supreme. Horrible people. I love that guy. No, you're right. They're all just none of them are none of them worth a shit. Yeah, they're just not worth a shit, man. They're yeah. just not. Well, the good news is it's look none of these when none lo- of these folks are going to be in it in the long run. It's going to be Obama Pence twenty twenty four, man. Man, you're you're, you're still hanging on to that. I'm hanging on. You're to still that. hanging on to I'm that. Hanging man. on to that. Yeah. I, hey, what about this? Uh, you, oh, did you want to cover something more on that? Or? No, 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 no. That's fine. But we can go into the next thing. No, no, no. I want to go into the uh, the debate between DeSantis and Newsom. Yeah. So now, of course, I didn't watch it, but I've been hearing some you know feedback on it. Yeah, so what happened was on Thursday night, Newsom and DeSantis debated, and basically it was like a red state, blue state kind of thing is what it was. And you're right, I, I watched a little bit of stuff on it, but not too much on it, because to be honest with you, screw these guys. Right, what what the fuck was the point of it? You know, that's what I don't understand. These guys aren't running against each other for anything. Well, it could be, actually, Newsom is absolutely trying to position himself for the Democratic nomination. Um, so he is trying to put himself in a in a position when uh, Biden checks out, which he's going to. There's no way in hell that Biden is running for president in 2024, um, that he is the one that gets appointed. And it's it's possible he will end up with the nomination. Uh, but I still think it's going to be Michelle Obama, because I, I think just the if she's in it, she wins hands down. You know, Newsom, I don't think is nearly as liked. And there's so many things in his record in California that can, you know, just be trashed, you know, kind of like DeSantis was doing, you know? Yeah. Okay. So hold on. Let me, let me say what I think this debate was. Right. I think that the reason that DeSantis agreed to it was one, it was against California. So he thought it would be kind of an easier, like you can, right. The policies of Florida versus the policies of California. Right. Like, I mean, honestly, Florida is better than California. Uh, just, not in all ways. <laughs> <laughs> not for uh, uh, social freedom. No. Uh, I mean, I hear you on some of that stuff, but at the same right. time. They but, don't ban books there. They don't shut down drag shows. Yeah. <laughs> no, they just shut down the bars. <laughs> they, well, yeah, for right. years. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm just saying, uh, you know, they, they shut everything. They don't down. outlaw abortion uh, from six weeks. You know what I'm saying? No, they're okay. So yeah, there's some things like that. Right. But but oh. Florida is still way better. <laughs> Given the choice, I'll take Florida all day long. <laughs> and gas is like five dollars a gallon there. Right. right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to pay for your bag when you go into the grocery store. Right. Like it's not good. Yeah. I don't like to say anti woke, 
but uh, California is way too fucking woke. <laughs> you, know? you know, and here's the thing: the one, the, the one thing that he that the Santas put up was like a poop a poop chart of San Francisco, right? It shows you where all the poop is around San Francisco. <laughs> like again, that's, that's kind of fucking, funny. It's funny, but it's juvenile, and it's it's beneath a presidential candidate to do. No, that's not that's not a bad point. But yeah. he, so I do think that you have Newsom who's running a secret a, 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 or a shadow campaign oh, totally. in case something goes wrong. And it's I think it's twofold, though. It's one in case something goes wrong. But the other one is he's running for 28. Oh, without question. Yeah. You know, he's running for 28. Yeah. And DeSantis is trying. But he to, won't be able to because Obama, Michelle Obama will be running for reelection in 28. Yeah. So he'll, he won't have a chance. But no, he's he's mainly setting himself up. Newsom could be the VP, though. Oh, it's possible. Yeah. No, Newsom is setting himself up to be the, the appointee when Biden steps out. It could or, very well Or be. dies or has a medical incident. And here's the thing about Newsom, too. Look, Newsom's a good-looking dude. He's actually charismatic. He can talk. He's not an idiot. Like right. So, like, you know, he did, he did all right in the debate, you know. Like, but, again, it was just... It didn't matter. And he had some zingers. Like, the one zinger he had was, like, you should... <laughs> When are you going to drop out and give Haley a shot at beating Trump? <laughs> like, That's not bad. There were so many zingers that Newsom could use that DeSantis couldn't use. You know what I found funny? And again, I just saw clips after the fact or, or heard clips after the fact. Um, I thought it was funny that one of the things that they were fighting about is who shut down their state the least during COVID. So even for Newsom, he was trying to say that... Uh, you know, you shut down the bars and, and the restaurants before me. Yeah, that's and the, which is true, right? Yeah, like so. Remember that well, too. Like, two days before him, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But my the the point is is how the Democrats have changed on that because now even the the people who were the most hardcore, like we have to trust the science, we have to shut everything down, we have to quarantine. You know, we're all going to die. Are now like. Oh yeah, that was that was pretty messed up that we did all that. Well, and then using it against DeSantis, right? Which don't <laughs> yeah. get me wrong, rightly so, in the fact that he did it, right. even though, like, in all seriousness, I don't think that Newsom should be talking about people, you know, no, right. shutting things down, considering <laughs> yeah. how long you shut your freaking state. He's down in for. A, a really big glass house when it comes to that, <laughs> you know. But yeah, we got to remember, my wife was out of business for six weeks, mm-hmm. young. Yeah, so it was great because we got like double unemployment for her. <laughs> milk the government for all it was worth out of that one a lot of people did that yeah a lot of people did that one which is nice yeah um all right so where do you want to go next man uh you know what let's go down a couple to maybe this is the way countries should go to war okay and this is interesting this is really shitty and uh fuck maduro and fuck venezuela but um they, Maduro is going to put it to a national vote whether or not to invade their neighbor nation, Guyana, and take over their oil fields. <laughs> okay? <laughs> because uh, Venezuela wants Guyana's oil, and there's been a territorial dispute that's gone on for a really long time. And so Venezuela wants to invade this, this uh, other sovereign nation, and instead of just doing it, He's going to put it to a national referendum. And if the people of Venezuela vote to invade that country, they're going to go ahead and invade that country. And now, look, this is completely fucked up and actually not a bad idea. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I mean, how totally fucked up is that? But by the same token, if you are going to go to war, 
Okay, I really think that the people should have a chance to weigh in. You know, I mean, it would be great if it took like a <laughs> three quarters majority. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> or at least a two thirds majority. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's 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 crazy and it's evil. And this guy is a bad guy, and it's a horrible country, and everything is wrong with Venezuela. But if a country is going to go to war, let's have a national vote on it. All right, so hold on. Let, let's, let me read a little bit from the article here. The border dispute between Guyana and Venezuela stretches back to the second half of the 19th century and escalated after uh, Guyana, Guyana began discovering oil on its territory a few years ago. Venezuela claims ownership of about 61,600 square miles of Guyana, a chunk of land slightly smaller than the state of Florida called the Esquibidio. Um, Tracing its possession to the time both countries were European colonies, although Venezuela has has incessantly contested an 1899 ruling made by international arbiters that established the current borders between the two countries, it had allowed the issue to remain on the back burner for decades. So, like, these guys, this is them trying to steal oil. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I have a hunch that uh, this national vote will vote it down, but you never know. (laughs) You never know what people will do. You do never know (laughs) what people are going to do. But, I mean, just hang on a second, though. Let's put this in terms of the U.S., okay? What if... We actually, back in 2003, had a vote to go into a, 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 a Iraq. You know? I think, we, I think that one would have passed. I, I don't think it would have. You know? What if, uh, let's say, uh, a few years back, we had a vote whether or not to, to go into Syria? That would have failed. Right. Let's say right now we have a vote whether or not to uh, go into Israel. That would have failed. That, that would have failed. Fail. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, um, you know, let's go back to the 60s. What if we actually had a vote to get into Vietnam? I don't know. I yeah. don't know that one. I don't know. What if we had a vote to go into the first Gulf War? Yeah. I don't know about that one either. Uh, exactly. If, if we actually went to war by popular national vote, we would probably be in a lot less wars than we have been. Well, no, I think that's true, though. Yeah. Well, you know why? Because there's a lot of people like... I think the only one that would have been a slam dunk would have been Afghanistan after 2001. Yeah, yeah. probably. I, and I think that would have been well, like... Well, World War II. 80%. I don't know about World War II until we were attacked. You know, uh, the American people were like, hey, this, you know, not our fight. Well, no, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, again, it's uh, (laughs) fuck Venezuela, fuck Maduro. But maybe that's not a bad idea. Maybe we ought to try to get a constitutional amendment that before the military can be deployed anywhere in uh, any type of combat mission, it requires a two thirds national vote. Well, look, here's the thing. What it what it should have required was a declaration of war from Congress, which is kind of the same thing. Uh, I mean, it's not really the same thing, but in a representative republic, this is supposed to be the will of the people. On that one, I'll take direct democracy, thanks. Yeah, I, no, <laughs> I think it would be better. Well, that these guys have abdicated their responsibilities for so long anyway. Well, and not to mention they're all on the take from the military-industrial complex. So well, they're, they're getting the wheels greased by the people who stand to profit a lot from, uh, from any type of war. Yeah, that's true, that's true, that's <laughs> so, true. Uh, let's take it to the people who... Uh, are the ones who actually have to go fight and die. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's one less to do it now, though. Uh Uh-oh. There's one less now 
The House on Friday voted to expel Representative George Santos over his many fabrications on the 2022 campaign trail and his two federal indictments. Wow. The vote makes Santos just the sixth lawmaker and first Republican to be expelled from the U.S. from the House in U.S. history. Now, how do you feel about that? I mean, yeah, what do you think? Look, I. from everything I've heard, it sounds that this is a first of all, let's just agree that this guy is like the lowest of the lowest life form out there. But I think the only thing he was doing was not understanding how to get away with what all the other ones are doing. No. Well, yeah, that's probably true. But total fraudster, total criminal, total scumbag, just like all of them, but just not nearly as good at it. Um, So, yeah, absolutely. But my question to you is, what do you think about Congress actually having the power to just do a single vote to eject someone as opposed to going through the the two chamber impeachment process? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't. I. You know what? To be I, honest with you, I I'm don't not know. Sure either. Yeah. I get, and this is only the sixth time that they've done it. Right. Like so, it doesn't get used very often. Well, and I think the first five were uh, during the Civil War. Oh, what's that? What it was? <laughs> yeah. So, I I think this might be the only time, or you know, or in the lead up to the Civil War, or right after the Civil War, so it was something like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> very unprecedented. Um, all right, uh, one more thing uh, before we uh, take a break here: um, the definition of modern irony. Okay, and as you know, right now there's a uh, gl- a, a global warming um, conference going on in Dubai, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of uh, you know uh, people who are uh, heading to Dubai in their private planes, <laughs> their private jets, uh, which uh, you know contribute more towards uh, adding CO two to the atmosphere than the average you know hundred uh, uh, you know people in any type of Western nation do in a year. Um, in Munich, there is it's so cold in Munich that their private jets ended up being frozen to the runway <laughs> frozen to the runway and they they can't they can't actually make it uh to dubai because uh, there was so much ice and snow that it essentially turned the runway into a glacier i mean look, look at that one that's a that looks like a bombardier or uh yeah, I think yeah why is it up like that because the weight of the ice on the tail section actually lifted it the nose off the ground oh gosh and then it froze to the ground <laughs> so there's all these video of all these uh, private jets frozen in place and they're not going anywhere they're not going to make it to the global warming conference in their co2 belching private jets because it's too fucking cold <laughs> i mean god bless them how how is that for the ultimate just the that is the, the ultimate the irony. most beautiful irony that I can think of. Yeah, no, that's a great irony. Yeah, that is a phenomenal <laughs> irony. I love it. I do love the irony there. Uh, yeah, this this whole uh, you know climate crisis thing. I just uh, it drives me crazy because it's like the, the planet is trending hotter. Absolutely, it's happening quickly. But every time that we talk about it, we never talk about all the other you know hundreds and thousands of cycles of heating and cooling and in a lot of cases rapid heating and cooling that this planet has gone through long before humans ever existed so you know it's just one of those things but folks 
Uh, that is it for our number one. Oh, that's it? Yeah, we're uh, we're at the end here. Um, but uh, we have got so much to talk about in hour number two. We've got a lot of weird news. So if you're a fan of weird news, and I'm talking some strange ones out there, um, join us in hour, uh, hour number two. And to join us in hour number two, you go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Sign up, become a subscriber. You actually get a whole bunch of swag. Some of the swag includes an autographed copy of my book, The Cassandra Trigger, a This Is Not a Bomb duffel bag, an Anarchist Guild Challenge coin. So if you sign up at the higher levels, you get all those goodies. So go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Uh, Here the second hour of the show, and we will see you on the other side.